0: The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. It's time now for a smart plane talk regarding politics, Israel, and the law. This is the Victory Hour with Andrew Parker of Parker Daniels Keyboard. Wise counsel, winning results. Now, here's your host, Andrew Parker.
1: I'm impressed with my attorney, Bernie. I'm impressed with his influential friends. He's got very big connections, and I follow his directions. Bernie knows his way around. It's Sunday, so 4 I'll o'clock, and that Bernie means does. it's the best hour in radio of the week. It is the victory hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and I say thank you for once again joining us, all of our regular listeners, coast-to-coast coast. yes, many live-streaming. From New York to California, from down in, uh, I know we got some in Houston, Texas, listening all the way up to Montana. And just across the border in Iowa and Wisconsin to right here in uh, Egan, Minnesota, where Salem Communications is. I'm broadcasting from the Parker Daniels Keyboard Studio. And uh, again say thank you for joining us. If you want a live stream, you can do it from wherever you're at and catch the show four to five every week, Sunday. And if you miss it, six to seven, it replays on Freedom 1570, six to 7 p.m. every Sunday. As we talk politics, Israel, and the law, I... uh, I have enjoyed our last uh, few Sundays together where I have discussed conservative pathways to liberal outcomes and analyzed the complexity of policy analysis and why it is that you can't just jump on the team ba- bandwagon of the blue team or the red team. And label people uh, for being on one or the other. So many jump to that to jump to conclusions on such subjects, on any, on almost any subject, uh, and they uh, assess and determine and size up who you are based upon what you might feel about a particular policy idea but it really is more complex than that. And we talked about it on our show last week and the week before parts one and two of conservative pathways to liberal outcomes, go to our podcast, and uh, you can listen to those episodes. And there are hundreds of episodes that are listed, either find them on the Parker Daniels keyboard website uh, or go to that little icon on your phone, you know that podcast icon, yeah, it you just go there and you you click on that and then you put in my name, and you get hundreds of episodes, great ones, you know Ben Shapiro he was on the show, Rudy Giuliani was on the show, you know many of you think he's crazy now, but he you know he was on the show i maybe you ought to listen, make your own judgments, and what we try to do is bring on policymakers, decision-makers, or those who are making a difference uh, in society and can uh, and, and give them an opportunity to talk about the trials and tribulations of life that they've had to deal with and how it is that they are making a difference. And this week uh, is no different at all, in fact, uh, we have a good friend uh, and, and frankly, very important in terms of describing what she has gone through and now what she is doing about it. I don't want to call it fighting back, really, but at least uh, living an authentic life and not allowing others to pigeonhole or keep her down, and that is, Liz Cullen. Uh, Liz, an award-winning investigative journalist. You recall her uh, as an anchor and WCCO here in the Twin Cities for a number of years. And people have been asking, wondering, well, what's Liz doing now? Uh, And You know, for those who had watched WCCO, she kind of disappeared. And people are wondering, well, why'd that happen? What happened there? Uh, And and again, what is she doing now? Well, what she's doing is she has moved on, and I'll let her talk about uh, the work she's doing now, but she's also written a book that is soon to be turned into a documentary called They're Lying. The Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd. A remarkable title. One that makes you pause because that is a challenge to the common commentary that we've all read. What do you mean they're lying? He was convicted. This uh, Derek Chauvin was convicted. Uh, The media, the left, they're lying. The Death of George Floyd. Everybody, you know, no, he was murdered. He was murdered, right? Case closed. Close the book. Don't need to open it. Well, maybe I'm suggesting, and I think you ought to, go out and pick up the book. They're lying. The media, the left, and the death of George Floyd. And open it. And you're going to uh, find there uh, that Liz Collin has exposed how the media and the left manipulated certain facts to dupe and ultimately to divide America. And what has it done to the city of Minneapolis? What has it done to the city of Minneapolis, where I work and live? Uh, It's changed it forever. In fact, it has changed the reputation of the city of Minneapolis forever. We now invite and welcome to the Victory Hour, Liz Collin. Liz, great to see you.
2: Andrew, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it and appreciate all the work you do. Thanks for the time.
1: You bet. I I was thinking about uh, what we might talk about today, and I was really uh, excited about the opportunity to interview you uh, about the important, frankly, I think, very important work that you have done Uh, the path of your life and the trajectory of your professional work uh, over the past few years and uh, what you have planned for the next few years. So let's start with uh, the work that you had done at CCO. Bring people up to speed on what happened there and and how you uh, ended up in terms of your professional career where you are today.
2: Yeah. And uh, also, thank you for, for your kind words. That was that was quite the buildup. I like that, too. We're living authentic lives. I think that's what we all we all should shoot for, I must say. But uh, but personally, myself, I'm a Worthington, Minnesota native. So from the, the state of Minnesota, I was a kid who grew up with the dream of being a television reporter, kind of became obsessed, if you will, uh, with the news. From the time I was probably five or six years old, I was watching the news um, and believed in you know telling the truth, uh, journalistic integrity, all of those things that um, I wasn't really even sure what they were uh, at, at that time growing up, but, but knew that that's uh, what I wanted to do and give others a voice and, and you know tell, tell important stories. So I was off to college, I went to um, a couple different schools in, in Florida and got my four-year degree at Wichita State University, but I started, I was a, a news anchor at the age of 19 in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That was my first first job, and I lived in uh, several states. The way it works in, in television, you sort of climb the ranks and work your way up market size-wise and landed uh, what I would say was a dream job back then in 2008 at WCCO i was uh, 24 years old and anchoring uh the weekend newscasts uh there and was sort of the main fill in anchor as as years went by and was an investigative reporter kind of a familiar face i would say uh, on WCCO the CBS affiliate for uh, nearly 15 years
1: yeah and and it's uh it's great work that you did at such a young age and uh, you know you you anchored uh, early on, they had a number of choices and options and selected you for the great work that you did. And uh, it was important work. And, and a lot of people, frankly, uh, that I know, thought that you should have been anchoring the main stage, as it were, rather than oh. simply the weekend. <laughs> uh, but uh, then things changed at WCCO, at least your relationship with the WCCO.
2: Yeah, I sort of watched my personal and professional life collide uh, on May 25th, 2020. And uh, that's sort of what brought, brought me to, to the book and, and where I am uh, today, which I'm happy to chat more about.
1: And let's do that. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to talk to Liz Collin about what happened uh, in that, uh, on that, on that fateful day, fateful day in May, when it not only changed uh, things across this entire country and certainly for the city of Minneapolis, but uh, for Liz Cullen, uh, it uh, redirected her focus and the direction that her professional career would take. We're joined today on the Victory Hour by investigative journalist uh, Liz Cullen and uh, author of the new book, They're Lying, The Media, The Left, and the Death of George Floyd. Soon to be a documentary. We'll be right back after this short break with Liz and talk more about the book, talk more about uh, her career and and an interesting trajectory and change of trajectory uh, that it has uh, her career has taken. During this short break, go to parkerdk.com. You'll find there uh, what is often referred to as an award winning website. See how I did that? Often referred to as an award winning website. Parkerdk.com. Wise counsel, winning results. Parker Daniels Keyboard. We'll be right back. Stay with us. We're back. It is the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and thanks once again for joining us on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. We are joined as well today by our special guest, uh, investigative journalist, anchor, author, uh, Liz Cullen, uh, talking about her new book, They're Lying, The Media, The Left, and the Death of George Floyd. You may or may not know that Liz Cullen is married to one-time police officer Bob Kroll. Uh, I know uh, Bob uh, well. have known him for a number of years. And I bring this up because Bob enters the picture as it relates to the career of Liz Cullen, strange as that might be. And how might that have happened? Liz, tell us a little about Bob, (laughs) you know, as as I know him, but certainly, you know, him far better. Uh, And how it is that uh, he had impact in any respect on your career.
2: Yeah, uh, even when the question is asked, I still find it strange in this (laughs) (laughs) in this day and age, certainly, certainly. Um, But uh, Bob himself is uh, from St. Paul, Minnesota. Similar story in the fact that he dreamed of kind of being a cop from the time he was a a little boy, but he spent uh nearly thirty three years on the minneapolis police department uh retired from there uh, just a couple years ago um when he hit that that magic age and and thankfully uh uh <laughs> got got out of there as we see what um what has happened but um but Bob and I had been married at the time of this whole incident uh for several years had had been together at this point, but all of a sudden our marriage uh became newsworthy um uh, as as things were sort of dragged into this whole uh, George Floyd fiasco um as, as the months went went by but um this isn't a it wasn't a secret that I was married to Bob I guess I didn't start every newscast by saying who I was married to what woman actually does that um but for some reason this became uh, part of the media manipulation we saw happening behind the scenes. Uh, And to back up a bit, um, this wasn't just the George Floyd incident that kind of forced me from mainstream media. I'd certainly been troubled by the narratives before that we were pushing. Um, And and I don't really even come at this as a political person. Um, I I feel like we've kind of transcended that. And uh, this has become a bit of fighting back against evil, uh, in my opinion. And that included poisoning the population, I feel, um, with, with certain narratives about law enforcement uh, that statistically are not true. Uh, and this was long before Bob even came um, on, on the picture. But I've never seen it in such uh, on such a large scale um, as I did uh, with the, the George Floyd incident. And I was completely baffled how these uh, reporters who are privy Uh, To the truth in many cases uh, when it came to this situation, but they they chose to to sit on that information, um, sometimes not reporting it at all, sometimes waiting for months when it maybe became a little bit more safe uh, to report such information. And that's where this book came from. I just kept a lot of notes. Uh, really from day one, because I couldn't believe um, how the media in Minnesota was handling this story. And you could certainly see it became a a runaway train in a way. And we're still living the consequences uh, of these lies, because that's in fact what they are uh, to this day.
1: Yeah. And and, uh, And, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh,
2: and, uh, and, uh, the
1: story that you're referring to is the narrative, Uh, The mainstream media narrative about systemic racism in policing and that cops are systemically racist uh, across the board uh, and that they are gunning down black men in the streets, unarmed black men in the streets. Now, you know, the numbers are, you know, nine one year, eight another year. I mean, uh, where this sort of thing happens uh, but forget about, you know, the, the real facts. I mean, this narrative had taken hold and it existed well before George Floyd. And then George Floyd lit a match that moved it to a new level and your marriage, your, uh, relationship with Bob K- Kroll, uh, uh, had an impact On you because of that, as people started to make Bob part of the story.
2: Yeah, I was uh, immediately demoted off my anchor position um, at WCCO. I understood that I wasn't allowed to report um, on this incident itself, you know, due to the conflict of interest with Bob being the union president at the time, representing, you know, the rank and file officers, nearly 900 um, at that time. Of course, we know that number has been nearly cut in half uh, now. But um, I was allowed to basically do stories that I did when I first began at WCCO, you know, more than a dozen years prior to that, basically what cub reporters are assigned. And I could clearly tell that I was losing my voice in a newsroom um, where I had spent a a great deal of of my time and and of my life. But but again, more than anything, I was pushing back on this narrative um, because the facts just were not we're not there. You had a black officer, in fact, who uh, was with George Floyd twice as long as Derek Chauvin was. Uh, that's Alex King, a North Minneapolis uh, native. Uh, we were told right away that this is this is racism and nobody in the press is pushing back, um, asking about you know, the black officer, asking about the Hmong American officer who is on scene. Uh, you also have the media in, in my newsroom. I was um, very troubled how the the chief um, and the mayor were saying that what was happening um, at 38th in Chicago was not a part of of training. Uh, However, it was very mysterious that the the very next day, two pages of the training manual for the Minneapolis Police Department mysteriously go missing offline, uh, which points to MRT, the maximal restraint technique, which is in fact, uh, what these officers uh, were doing that, that day and doing it very You know, a very textbook maneuver. But you also have the chief of police who lies on the stand during Chauvin's trial peddling, again, uh, that lie. There was just so much information uh, that the media knew about and they chose not to report uh, instead, you had reporters using the hashtag Black Lives Matter going along um, w- with that narrative uh, from the very beginning uh, when the facts did, did not uh, support that, that narrative, which became very dangerous, as we know. At WCCO, we're instead of you know worried about the facts of this case, we're told about a week after the incident that half of the people we interview have to be non white or from a protected class. I talk about that in the book. So we're basically implementing racism as a result of, of George Floyd. I have to judge people on their skin color, uh, in order for the, to put them on camera. It was just completely uh, crazy and foreign to me what we were doing. How is
1: it? How, yeah. You, oh, you raised oh, during oh, your, raised your uh, uh, comments that the, Uh, The police chief, I, I think you indicated, lied on the stand. What was it that he was talking about that causes you to make that statement?
2: He is, uh, speaking of the, the technique in court, um, and i talk quite a bit about the, the case itself. Um, not so much, again, what the jury was allowed to see, but what they were not. We have 14 pages of jury instructions that go into this case, two floors of the Hennepin County Courthouse filled with 14 prosecutors um, on this case. And basically what's happening, uh, you know, orchestrated by Attorney General uh, Keith Ellison, Uh, In in Minnesota, just a lot of the things that um, the public uh, again, part of public information, uh, but the press was not (laughs) was not going to touch it with a with a 10 foot pole because it was, you know, not not popular. But we saw several lies uh, being peddled from the witness stand. And I'm actually going to go into more of that in this documentary um, that we're now uh, producing this summer that we're uh, going to put out in, in the fall. But it, I always say that, you know, maybe you don't have a connection with law enforcement. Um, you know, maybe you're not from Minneapolis. But if you care about justice in America, you should care about uh, this case because this uh, is, is, anything, is anything but.
1: So do you personally, do you disagree with the jury verdict? This was not murder. Chauvin didn't do anything wrong. Was he trained to do exactly what he did do?
2: I think that on on the call, um, mistakes were were made. However, this is Alex King's uh, second day on the job. Uh, You have Thomas Lane, who's also a rookie officer, his third day on the job. And you had uh, people in power who lied and hid evidence. This is the first time, in fact, that Minneapolis uh, police uh, body camera video is withheld, uh, not only from the public, but uh, it is withheld from from the union, from the officers involved. You have four four cops who have their body cameras rolling the entire time. Most people in the public have never seen never seen those videos. They in in those videos they talk about what they're doing. They talk about MRT. You hear George Floyd say four times that he can't breathe before Derek Chauvin arrives on scene. Um, the, the fact that they're hiding evidence, uh, one would one would say that there's a, there's a reason for that. There was a reason the public was only shown uh, the viral Facebook video. And once they knew about uh, the, the story that happened before, they didn't want the public uh, t- to see that. So I really I think the book is doing well just because it is a, a story of, of facts. So I let the reader decide uh, what they think
1: in the end. And those facts are based upon your investigative journalist.
2: It's all part of public documentation. I think there's more than 220 citations that uh, I use in the in the book themselves. They've all been they're all there.
1: Outstanding. We're talking to Liz Collin. And, uh, you know, what what do I say outstanding to I, I say it only to the extent that truth and facts are important. Does that mean that you will conclude that the jury was wrong and that not every, or that not everything was presented to the jury that should have been? Maybe, maybe not. But you'll have to pick up the book uh, to find out. They're lying. The media, the left, and the death of George Floyd and investigative journalist uh, Liz Collin, the author of the book, uh, is talking with us today and presenting a different picture then certainly you have uh, seen or read or viewed in the mainstream media. We're going to be back after this short uh, break to continue our discussion with Liz, circle back to her professional career and the impacts of the George Floyd case on her professional career, and learn a little bit more uh, about that case, the book, and then talk about the upcoming documentary. It's the Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker. Go to parkerdk.com while we're away for this short time while we pay for the broadcast. Indeed, we do. Go to mypillow.com. Pick up some great sleepwear. Uh, I know it's great because I have it. I have most of it, as uh, Mike Lindell is treated me well as it relates to his products we will be right back after this short break make sure to stay with us The Victory Hour. I'm Andrew Parker, and thank you for joining us. We uh, are honored uh, to have with us today our special guest, Liz Collin, one-time anchor and investigative journalist for WCCO, has taken her skills and knowledge, and uh, taken it over to another network, which we're going to talk about here shortly. Uh, but also has written a book, a very uh, important book from a different perspective, certainly that uh, compared to what we have all been reading uh, over the last several years and have all experienced, uh, and that is regarding the death of George Floyd. She has taken her investigative journalistic skills and written they're lying, the media, the left, and the death of George Floyd. You can pick it up on Amazon and wherever you can purchase books. It's there, and it's doing exceptionally well uh, in the market, the difficult market of publishing, uh, because people are interested in their buying, and this is based upon facts that are sourced and footnoted throughout the book uh, and then piece together for you to make up your own mind, as it were. Liz Collin, Liz, so uh, you're at WCCO. You're doing your work. This is before uh, George Floyd in May, uh, and you um, you're having difficulties even then. But then the Floyd incident occurs, and. You're started to be treated quite differently uh, because of your relationship with police union president, your marriage to police union president, uh, Bob Kroll. Was there a final straw that caused you to leave WCCO? Was there an opportunity uh, that caused you to leave? How did your career shift from there?
2: Yeah, so this is also, um, as you know, Andrew, during uh, the the time of COVID, and I became very troubled, since that was a story I was doing a a lot of as well, I became very um, troubled about what we were not (laughs) telling the public um, about the pandemic um, either. So it's really when I sort of started looking into independent media, um, and and, and personally, it had been a long time since I was even watching the local news, uh, because I became so frustrated um, at the narratives, they, they were peddling. Uh, but, you know, we are in a day and age now, thankfully, uh, where you don't have to be attached to a, a television station, uh, per se, anymore. You don't need a big fancy building. Um, you can do things, you know, like like we're doing now, as long as, you know, I think people still care about stories. Uh, they want good communicators. They just really want uh, the truth. And I knew it was a problem when I wasn't really even um, proud to turn on the television anymore. Heck, you can get, the, you know, the weather on your phone, uh nowadays so i was blackballed in the market i mean that was no secret nobody wanted to hire me i was um offered a job off air um at another competitor in town as long as i wasn't on the air um i could be a producer something something along those lines uh but i i approached uh, alpha news at the time because i i actually enjoyed their reporting these are the stories that the mainstream media is withholding uh from, from people and I, I went to them and i just said hey you know, I'm not much of a newspaper reporter, but I think I could do some videos, and you know, maybe we can get them on YouTube, Rumble, all those uh, platforms. And they were uh, great enough to say, you know, let's let's do this, let's let's give this a shot. And it's been it's been incredible. Just in the last year and a half, we're often you know second, third highest rated Minnesota news source uh, every day. We've broken by far uh, more stories than the mainstream media has in that time. We li- like to say we're uncensored and. And unafraid. So that's uh, that's our slogan. And I'm, I'm proud to be a part. We're just a, you know, a little little team of independent journalists, but we're pushing out uh, a lot of stuff. You're just never, ever going to see uh, on the nightly news.
1: Alpha news. Uh, many of you already read it. You're familiar with it and you know of it. But if not, jot it down, because uh, Liz uh, certainly speaks the truth as it relates to Alpha News and the breaking news that often comes out of this uh, relatively small uh, publication. Uh, But not so small in terms of the impact that it has. Uh, Enormous impact as it creates a voice, provides a voice uh, for many stories that would not be heard in the mainstream media, uh, even though they're fully aware of the stories uh, they just get buried or they get reported in a way that, you know, if you're honest about looking at all of the facts is totally foreign to the foundation of the story and the keys are hidden or deep sixed as it were. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to, we're going to try to have Bob Kroll on the show uh, in the next several uh, weeks, Liz's uh, husband, and he's always very interesting. He's been on the show before uh, a number of uh, years ago, uh, and I do want to have him back on the show. Uh, he's just uh, very interesting. His experience, his life experience as a police officer, is going to give you another angle. Uh, and uh, we we talk on the show about racism and the devastating impact that it has on people but we're talking about real racism. We're not talking about the use of racism in every other sentence which has gone on in society today, watering down what is actually continuing racism in this country, something that we have battled with for generations, but which today is far better than it ever has been in the past, not worse as the narrative has been driven to make Us believe, and and we're going to talk about Bob Kroll, who has been the victim of racism attacks. Uh, the The term is used with Bob's name frequently, and uh, you know, from what I understand, my my uh, uh, investigation into the background, it is bunk. Um, But Liz, this relationship then. Launched you into a search, brought you to Alpha News, and and caused you at, at some at some point in time to decide to write this book. What was it that moved you uh, to that point?
2: You know, it's funny, Andrew. I that um, was never part of the life plan to to write a book. I'll I'll be honest, but I had so much research into this case, um, and sort of had started here and there of of different things, and I thought. You know, and maybe I'll just be able to sleep at night if I if I put this out there. Maybe my parents will buy ten copies. Uh, <laughs> you know, I didn't really have any sort of uh, big lofty goals other than you know this is an important part of history. Um, and I don't think the story, the you know, the facts have have been put out there yet. And I and I realized I was you know privy to a lot of this information. Uh, being, uh, you know, the relationship that that I was in and. Um, you know, being a member of the media during this, this time as well. So I found a great uh, book editor in Florida. Uh, he is actually a former uh, police officer himself um, and has a very interesting background. And I said, you know, is this something you'd be willing to, to do with me? Uh, because, you know, <laughs> I have a lot of baggage that I'm bringing to the table. And, um, you know, this could could take you down, too. Uh, but he believes in in the truth. There are many of us uh, out there and he attached his name to it uh, as well. Dr. J.C. Shea is, is his name and he's just uh, he's been wonderful in all of this. And we're just it became an Amazon bestseller within a, a couple couple of months. It, it was on uh, the Amazon bestseller list. It still it is doing well and it's you know been completely ignored, of course, by the mainstream media, which kind of fits <laughs> to what I'm talking about. Uh, meanwhile, Keith Ellison put out a book just a couple of weeks ago that the media could not do enough stories about. So it's very interesting uh, to see uh, how, how that works. But, um, you know, a couple of local newspapers put out some stories, which was, was very nice. But basically, Bob and I just go to VFWs across Minnesota. That's kind of been our venue, <laughs> our American legions. And, uh, you know, been, been talking to freedom loving Minnesotans and, uh, you know, veterans, law enforcement officers, Ah, uh, we like to say it's kind of been free therapy for us to be to be quite honest, but it's been a reminder that that people still care about the truth, and uh, there are certainly uh, so many wonderful people in in Minnesota, and it's sad to see what what has been allowed to happen uh to this state uh, because of the lies.
1: Well, isn't that just uh the truth? uh you know minneapolis, Minnesota generally, but certainly Minneapolis was viewed as one of the great states, one of the great cities anywhere in the country and con- relatively consistently listed in the top five across the country to live, uh, that's just no longer the case. And it's been destroyed for a number of reasons, not least of which is the media, as Liz Collin talks about, uh, the Star Tribune being the worst of it all, uh, certainly, and and a number of uh, other smaller... Newspapers in Minneapolis But in addition uh, The leadership And you know As I have said on this show a number of times And in quoting Ed Koch, the one time mayor Of New York City The people have spoken and they must now Be punished Yes indeed, well Apparently they haven't been punished enough Because they keep sending to the halls Of the city and uh, On the city council Folks who just do not get it. Uh, Security, safety, law and order is the cornerstone of responsibility of the city leaders. They have abdicated their responsibility entirely by uh, disavowing and distancing and undermining those that take care of us and protect us. And that would be uh, the police and our police force. And it's a shame. And at some point, we've got to fight back. we got somebody who's fighting back. That's Liz Cullen as our guest on the Victory Hour. And we thank her very much for the work that she has done. We're going to be right back with Liz and continue our discussion uh, regarding her recent book, They're Lying, The Media, The Left, and the Death of George Floyd. Make sure to stay with us. We're going to be right back. Go to ParkerDK.com. It's there for you. here with our special guest, author, truth teller, investigative journalist, Liz Cullen. And I like to have guests on, more than any other, I like to have guests on like Liz Cullen because they're fighting back and there just aren't enough folks out there that are fighting back. The silent majority is massive. The number of people that allow what they see every day and grumble about to happen. Without. Really saying much. Well, Liz Cullen has now said enough is enough. And after being sidelined, brushed aside and silenced in large respect at WCCO, she's telling her side of the story and she's telling information about an enormous incident that occurred that changed the trajectory of this entire country where the narrative drove the story rather than the story driving the narrative. She's saying, enough of that. Here's what I know. Here are some more facts to consider. And decide what you think of them. She was attacked on social media, viciously. The cancel culture vultures were out after her carcass. But she's here to talk about it. They're not giving up. And I'll tell you, they've attacked my law license and I will continue to fight against those attacks to the end, whatever it takes. So Liz and I, we're speaking a bit of the same language, certainly in that regard. Liz, uh, when, when you uh, decided to write the book, I know that you you didn't know for sure whether it was going to be a success, not a success. Was it going to sell, not sell? You know, it's been amazingly successful, as we talked about on the other side. Uh, and you've now been approached to uh, work on a documentary related to it.
2: Yeah, we've had so many people uh, come up after the book um, sharing their stories now uh, for the very first time, uh, we talked to a lot of people in the book that had never uh, spoken out before um, but but really getting getting behind what really took place uh, during the riots, you know working in mainstream media, we couldn 't call them riots, we had to refer to them as protests um, but but hearing about what really went on in the third precinct, uh, these officers uh, who are who are trapped inside and basically have to surrender uh, that that precinct to the angry mob, uh, hearing from family members of the officers and actually talking to the officers themselves in prison. We knew we could do that in a, you know, a visual manner that this time, a lot of people still don't read books. Uh, it took me a while to even get Bob to read the books, to be quite honest. Um, so we <laughs> wanted to put this, uh, put this together just um, at a place uh, where everybody can watch it. We're not going to charge for it. Uh, we're going to just uh, put it out there online and it'll be easy. People can watch it at, at home. I hope we have a, maybe a couple brave theaters uh, enough to, uh, People can watch it in, in groups and such, uh, but it's incredible. We we shot many of the interviews just last week. In fact, um, it was emotional uh, for for many of us, even even hearing um, all of that that's gone on. But really, these open wounds, these open sores, uh, for for so many people um, carrying this this baggage and and really for what? Uh, you know, we were told by our city leaders that uh, our state leaders that we'd be on the right side of history after all of this. And I have yet to come across one person to say that, in fact, uh, we are.
1: Yeah, isn't that uh, just the truth? And you know, as horrific as racism is, and it and it definitely is. And uh, I can't underscore enough the importance of eradicating racism from every corner of our society. The use of the race issue, the the use of anti-Semitism and the use of that term, something I know uh, very well and understand well, uh, cannot be cavalierly thrown about, cannot be used as a cloak to burn, to commit arson, to commit other crimes, to destroy a billion dollars worth of property, to cost people their lives, cannot be used for that purpose. It denigrates the term and the idea ideal, idea of it, and it's just simply wrong. And that's what our city and state leaders allowed to happen. And I know you've got comment on that, Liz.
2: Oh, absolutely. You you summarize it well, Andrew. And and a lot of these people, you know, need need a voice. This is, like I said, such a critical part in our our history. And uh one that I you know hope to do my part to document uh c- correctly, you had the the media helped to fan the flames you had these so called leaders that that fanned the flames, and it simply did not have to be this way. Minneapolis lost the best of the best uh, when it came to to its police department. These men and women who who proudly protected and served who won 't even go into the city uh I- anymore because they're so disgusted. Uh, about, about, you know, how, how these, uh, you know, how the police chief, uh, how how the mayor turned their back on an entire department uh, over this incident, and and lied about what it is they, they do each, each and every day, and sadly we we see that that narrative has been allowed uh, to continue. Yeah,
1: it, it is sad, it's uh, it's improper, inappropriate, and uh, Liz, we thank you so much for coming on the Victory Hour and talking about something that many out there will disagree with, but read the book, uh, and you will uh, be able to assess based on the real facts. They're lying, the media, the left, and the death of George Floyd. Author Liz Collin, thank you, Liz, very much for being on the Victory Hour.
2: You with I appreciate words, it very much, procedure. Andrew. Thank you for everything you do. All the
1: great things take simple. care, and, and all of you out there, in a single have word. a great week. Treatment. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Justice,
0: honor, duty, mercy, and hope.